I'm Amber Tresca, and this is About IBD. It's my mission to educate people living with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis about their disease and to bring awareness to the patient journey. Welcome to episode 121. One of the most frustrating things about living with inflammatory bowel disease is how variable it is. Some people have mild disease or moderate, and others have severe disease. In some cases, a patient may have mild disease that never gets any worse, but then others have disease that starts out as severe from the very first flare-up. Right now, it might be difficult to know how any particular person's disease is going to behave over time. That's where biomarkers can come in. Researchers and scientists are studying biomarkers in the blood or stool of people with IBD to see what clues it can give about how a patient's disease might change. If we know that someone is at risk for complications, for example, we might be able to give them a treatment that helps avoid that outcome. On this episode, you'll hear from Dr. Andres Hurtado Lorenzo, who is Vice President of Translational Research and IBD Ventures at the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. He explains biomarkers and how they may play into the future of how IBD is diagnosed, managed, and treated. Dr. Hurtado Lorenzo, thank you so much for coming on About IBD. Hello, Amber, and hello to the audience uh, joining today's podcast. And I also want to thank you, Amber, for inviting me to talk about the fascinating and impactful topic of biomarkers in your brilliant uh, podcast series. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. This is something that I don't fully understand, so I'm really looking forward to you explaining it all to me. Absolutely. I would be delighted to do so. Okay, first, though, I'm going to give you a minute to introduce yourself and let everyone know how you came to be involved in IBD research. All right, so let me tell you a little bit about myself. I'm the Vice President of Translational Research at uh, an IBD Ventures at the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. I'm responsible for the planning and oversight of the Foundation's translational research portfolio that aims to advance solutions for patients based on research in the fields of precision medicine, biomarkers, genetics, microbiome, stress, precision nutrition, pain, fibrosis, and biosensors. I also lead the Foundation's venture philanthropy program called IBD Ventures, which aims to advance new product development in IBD by making financial investments in for-profit and no-profit organizations. In this program, we are advancing novel therapies, biomarker-based tests, and medical devices. Most of my professional career has been devoted to drug discovery and development in big pharma and biotech companies. And I have worked in all stages of drug discovery, from early discovery and lead optimization to IND-enabling research and clinical trials. I obtained my PhD in molecular medicine and gene therapy from the University of Manchester in England, where I pioneered work in gene therapy for Parkinson's disease. I completed my postdoctoral work at Harvard Medical School, Mass General Hospital, and Columbia University, where I conducted groundbreaking research focused on autophagy and other protein degradation pathways and its role in uh, neurological diseases. I became interested in IBD while working in drug discovery for Parkinson's disease in Pfizer, uh, because one of the drugs targets I was working on was a genetic risk factor for Parkinson's disease, but also for IBD. This led to my interest in IBD and the exploration of the fascinating brain galaxies circuitry, which actually we're studying in our translational research portfolio at the foundation. Given my expertise in drug discovery and product development, the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation hired me to start our IBD Ventures program 
and to expand our translational research portfolio. And I could not be more happy than to contribute to this reputable organization whose research and overall mission is focused on finding cures and bringing solutions to different and many needs of patients with IBD and to improve their quality of life. Thank you, and we are so grateful to have you working on IBD now. And so I want to get a level set first and just understand on a basic level, what are biomarkers and why are they important in IBD? So this is a, a fantastic question to start our conversation and to level set the audience. Biomarker is defined as a biological indicator of a disease state or biological process that can be measured. So for instance, cholesterol in blood is a biomarker that can be used to predict the risk of cardiovascular disease. Another biomarker widely used in the clinic is A1C, which is a biomarker of the risk of developing diabetes. In the case of IBD, fecal calprotectin and CRP are biomarkers of inflammation that IBD patients are very familiar with. Okay, now, there are different types of biomarkers and they are classified based on their different uses. And this is technically known as the context of use. I will mention some of the most common context of use that ideally should be used in, the IB, in, in IBD clinical practice. First, biomarkers can be used for initial diagnosis of disease and they are known as diagnostic biomarkers. Second, biomarkers can be used to prognosticate disease course, whether aggressive or quiescent or with complications, which are known as prognostic biomarkers. Third, biomarkers can be used to predict response to different types of drug treatments and they are known as predictive biomarkers. And fourth, biomarkers can be used for continuous evaluation or monitoring of the efficacy of treatments and they are known as monitoring biomarkers. In addition to this diagnostic, prognostic, predictive and monitoring biomarkers that could be used by doctors for patient care, there are other contexts of use of biomarkers to support preclinical development of drugs and evaluation of novel investigational drugs in clinical trials, but I will not explain this context of use today. Biomarkers are important in IBD and medicine in general because they can help make early and effective treatment decisions. However, while some biomarkers like fecal calprotectin and CRP have been used for decades by IBD doctors, the truth is that they are still far from ideal and do not cover all the main context of use I describe. Currently, in fact, gastroenterologists lack validated and gold standard biomarkers to accurately diagnose inflammatory bowel diseases in a fast and minimally invasive way. And what is more important is that even after a correct diagnosis, current endoscopic, fecal, serologic, and biochemical biomarkers do not accurately prognosticate whether a patient will have an aggressive or mild disease course. In addition, currently IBD doctors cannot predict whether a patient will respond or not to a treatment and nor they can monitor the efficacy of a given treatment on the reduction of inflammation and or induction of healing of the gut mucosa. So given these unmet needs, 
it becomes clear that identification and qualification of novel biomarkers and development of respective tests is a critical challenge that needs to be addressed. Biomarkers with different contexts of use have the potential to improve IBD patient care and outcomes, and it's a strong area of focus of the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation and of several IBD research labs in the U.S. and worldwide. Thank you for that. And we know that there are significant unmet needs in IBD. You mentioned a few of those at the top of the show. But another one is understanding which patients might be more at risk for complications. Could you let us know what kind of research is being done to try to find those patients soon after they are diagnosed? Absolutely. That is another great question. And let me start by saying that the accelerated development of high-throughput technologies for the massive analysis of genes, proteins, microbes, and metabolites, altogether known as multiomics technologies, is opening the doors for the identification of this type of prognostic biomarkers. For instance, biomarkers based on gene expression patterns have demonstrated potential for a prognosis of IBD. So regarding prognosis of adult patients at high risk of aggressive disease course, a clinical test based on gene expression signature in the blood has recently been validated in the UK to discriminate a diagnosis, IBD patients likely to experience a severe disease course in the subsequent 18 months. And it's been further evaluated in the United States in an observational validation trial called PRECIOUS and also in a biomarker stratified interventional utility trial in the UK called PROFILE. However, this biomarker test called PREDICTURE not necessarily will tell the doctor and patient if the high risk of aggressive disease course is due to unremitting inflammation or to particular complications like fistulas or fibrosis. However, in this regard, results derived from the pediatric Crohn's disease study called RISK, in which gene expression patterns of biopsies were studied. And and this study demonstrated the potential to provide prognostic information regarding the risk of developing fibrotic and fistulizing complication in pediatric Crohn's disease. So I'm going to give a little bit more detail about this study and what we're doing about that. So the RISK study is supported by the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation for 13 years and were led by Dr. Subrakugatasan and Dr. Ted Denson, is the largest inception cohort of pediatric Crohn's disease patients, in which 1,000 patients with Crohn's disease were enrolled. This is an inception cohort, which means that patients were recruited at diagnosis and before treatment, and this made this cohort ideal for prognostic biomarker discovery. The aim of the study was to identify a diagnosis, clinical and biological predictors of complications. So a long story short, the researchers took intestinal biopsies from Crohn's disease patients at diagnosis and found an mRNA biomarker signature of about 80 genes that could predict a diagnosis that a child diagnosed with Crohn's disease could develop intestinal fibrosis within the next three years. And they also found another mRNA biomarker signature of any genes to predict the likelihood of developing fistulas. This was a groundbreaking finding that was published in The Lancet five years ago. 
showing that by analyzing mRNA, basically genes, of intestinal biopsies, prognosis of complications is possible. However, as you can imagine, the development of a clinical test that is based on a multiplex gene expression panel with almost 80 genes for each complication is quite challenging. So at the foundation, um, our research team, we roll up the sleeves and embark in a new goal for the study, which is to translate these findings of the consortium into an optimized prognostic test that can predict complications in pediatric Crohn's disease. And to do that, we started by centralizing all the clinical data and biosamples of the RISC study into the foundation's biobank called IBD Plexus. We used artificial intelligence methods to reanalyze the mRNA data from the patients and identify and optimize new biomarker panel of only 13 genes from the intestinal biopsies that can predict fibrotic and fistulizing complications. Now, we also asked the question of whether it would be possible to identify a less invasive prognostic biomarker in blood, so no need for biopsies. So for this, we used a novel technology called the Proximity Extension Assay, or PEA, that is developed by the Swedish company Olink. This technology can detect proteins in blood even if they are present at very low levels. So we took the blood samples from the risk study and that were collected at diagnosis and ran the samples in the Olink platform to measure the levels of about 1,000 proteins. We apply once again artificial intelligence methods and in collaboration with a company called Gene Data, and we identify out of these 1,000 proteins, 14 proteins in blood that can predict at diagnosis the likelihood of a child with Crohn's disease to develop complications within the next five years. And this is very exciting because these biomarkers are found in blood, which eliminates the need of invasive endoscopies and intestinal biopsies as in the case of the mRNA genetic signature. In contrast, a simple blood sample for a newly diagnosed child could be sufficient to predict disease course if we can develop such protein tests based on our research. And now, together with Olink, we have developed a prototype test that contains these 14 proteins, and our proximal next step is to evaluate the stability of these biomarkers over time. In other words, can our protein biomarker stratify patients at risk of complications irrespective of whether the test is done at diagnosis or several months after or years after the diagnosis of Crohn's disease? And while this is important, our most critical next step is to collaborate with other available pediatric cohorts to validate the performance of this prototype test in an independent cohort different to the risk cohort that we use to discover these prognostic biomarkers. So patients are pretty familiar already with how IBD is diagnosed and treated because, as you mentioned, it can be invasive, to say the least. But I think what they want to know is how might biomarker testing change how IBD is diagnosed and treated in the future? Great question as well. 
So if we as researchers and product developers are successful in discovery and validate novel biomarkers and, relate, and develop related tests, I believe there are three main reasons why biomarkers might change how IBD is diagnosed and treated. And the first reason is that novel, accurate, sensitive, and specific diagnostic biomarkers can be used for minimally invasive diagnosis of IBD, as well as for faster and more accurate distinction between Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis, which is still, up to this time, a challenge. The second reason is that prognostic biomarkers can be used as indicators early in the disease of how severe will be the course of the disease. With this information, doctors can make early and effective treatment decisions, providing treatments that modify the course of the disease and leading, in consequence, to an improved patient outcome. The discovery and qualification of prognostic biomarkers is of critical importance in the context of IBD. And this is because IBD patients exhibit a highly variable disease course, with some patients experiencing more aggressive disease than others, which is characterized by unremitting disease, need for treatment escalation, development of fibrotic and fistulizing complications that require surgery. So in this context, prognostic biomarkers can help clinicians take informed decisions at the early clinical window of opportunity, that window that exists after initial diagnosis but before the onset of very severe intestinal inflammation. In this way, doctors can provide early aggressive immunosuppressive treatment to high-risk patients in order to modify the course of the disease, while at the same time avoiding the unnecessary exposure to side effects and the cost of immunosuppression in those patients at low risk of aggressive or complicated disease course. And okay, now, the third reason of why biomarkers are important in IBD is because IBD patients not only exhibit a variable disease course, but also a variable response to treatment. An estimated 30 to 40% of patients do not respond to biologics, which are the best treatment available. And for those who respond, about 30% loss respond over time. So given this reality, the identification of predicted biomarkers that can stratify patients into responders and non-responders to a specific therapy will be critical to enable the concept of precision medicine so that the right medicine can be delivered to the right patient at the right time. In the absence of biomarkers, precision medicine will only be a dream. So it's really clear to me that this research will change so much about IBD. And right now, monitoring IBD is done with those same invasive and sometimes expensive tests. Could biomarker testing also play a role in how the disease is monitored over the lifetime of a patient? Yes, monitoring biomarkers will be very important in IBD. And linking this question to the previous one, actually, this is the fourth reason why biomarkers are important in IBD. And the reason is that monitoring biomarkers could help support the periodic monitoring of disease activity in response to treatment, both 
in the clinical practice as well as during clinical trials of new investigational drugs in a minimal invasive way. And this is critical because in a lot of cases, significant discrepancy exists between, between how a patient feels and how the disease is progressing in the, in the gastrointestinal tract. In fact, continuous intestinal mucosal inflammation can persist even if symptoms improve, and this is associated with poor long-term outcomes. In contrast, reduction in mucosal inflammation and healing of the intestinal mucosa is associated with improved clinical outcomes in the long term. This process is known as mucosal healing and is becoming the preferred treatment target for the so-called treat-to-target approach. However, the challenge of this approach is that currently there is not a definitive consensus on the precise definition or the best method to assess mucosal healing. Clinicians rely on endoscopic methods, which are invasive, prone to poor observer reliability and potential for significant bias. Therefore, the discovery of the so-called monitoring biomarkers better able to identify and, quali and quantify the mucosal healing and inflammation will be highly valuable. The biomarker research field is therefore searching for minimally invasive biomarkers for monitoring disease activity and treatment response leading to mucosal healing. And they are based on blood, urine, or ultrasound imaging, all of which could be repeated more frequently than endoscopy. So in summary, monitoring biomarkers could have the potential to improve the way in which therapies are used in support of the emerging concept of 3 to target and will decrease the invasiveness of endoscopies. Okay, this all sounds really wonderful. I'm on board. But I'm going to ask what is a difficult question to get our hands around. What might the timeline look like for biomarkers? And are biomarkers being used anywhere or is it only in clinical trials right now? Yeah, so definitely a challenging uh, uh, answer. But uh, I could predict uh, that within the next five years and before the end of this decade, we'll, we, we will start seeing novel biomarkers-based tests different to fecal calprotectin or CRP implemented in the clinic to support some or most of the biomarker context of use that I have discussed in this podcast. In fact, we are already starting to see some of new biomarkers reaching the clinic. Prognostic tests like the that developed by the UK company Predictimion called Predicture has gained market approval in the UK and we at the foundation are supporting under our venture philanthropy program IVD Ventures a clinical study called Precious to validate the prognostic value of this blood test in the American population in support of its regulatory approval by FDA in the United States. We are also sponsoring a company called Glycomines, which is developing a biomarker test called UCRI that measures three proteins in blood that could be used to monitor the healing of the mucosa in response to biological treatment, which if, if this is successful, will help determine early the success or failure of therapies and minimize the use of invasive endoscopies, what we were discussing in the previous 
uh, question. We're also aiming to perform successful validation studies in new cohort of the blood test based prognostic or the blood sorry the blood based prognostic test that we are developing at the foundation using the OLink technology for prediction of complicated disease course in pediatric Crohn's disease and in support of the development of this prognostic test and their use in the clinical practice. So in summary, I believe that the time is right in terms of technological advances and knowledge to build a path for success in the IBD biomarker field and to discover biomarkers with different contexts of use and clinical utility whose implementation in clinical practice will improve patient management and outcomes. Now, these biomarkers will be also critical to improve the speed, the cost, and the outcome measures of clinical trials evaluating new IBD drugs. This is really exciting, but I have another really big question for you. In the IBD community in the United States, a huge problem is insurance coverage. Do you have any thoughts on the costs of biomarker testing and if or when insurance companies might start to cover them? Great. So uh, as a disclaimer, obviously, I'm not an expert in health economics, but I will <laughs> speculate that depending on the type of technology used and the complexity of the test, there will be biomarker tests that have different costs, some more expensive, others less. For example, a gene panel that measures the expression, let's say, of 15 genes in blood will be more complicated and expensive than a panel that measures only one protein in a stool or blood. Mm -hmm. In regard to coverage by insurance companies, I will highlight the following concept. And this is that currently, regulatory approval of novel tests is starting to require more often than not a utility clinical trial which means that patients are biomarker stratified and the trial evaluates whether such biomarker-based patient stratification used to decide the medical treatments not only improve patient outcomes, but also achieve this in a cost-effective manner. So this information is not only critical for FDA test approval, but this evidence could provide the health economics data necessary to support the concept that a biomarker that helps improve treatment outcomes by preventing trial and error of several treatment paradigms and decreasing hospitalization due to effective treatment decisions guided by biomarkers, in the long run will save tremendous costs to insurance companies related to the prescription of unnecessary treatments. And this might support the adoption and coverage of novel biomarker tests. This is my rational viewpoint about this topic. However, other aspects differing to cost-effective treatment outcomes guided by biomarkers might play a role in the insurance company decision to cover or not the cost of different biomarker tests. That all sounds perfectly reasonable to me. So I hope it does come to fruition. The outcome of this research is going to change people's lives. So Dr. Taro Lorenzo, thank you for talking with me today, for explaining all of this, and for everything that you're doing on behalf of patients with IBD. Great. It is my pleasure. And finally, I also want to thank you, Amber, once again for the opportunity to talk about these relevant topics of biomarkers, which absolutely, is absolutely critical to build the future of precision medicine in IBD and to improve patient outcomes. 
Hey, super listener. Thanks to Dr. Ertardo Lorenzo for taking the time to explain how the research he's doing is going to change the lives of those who are touched by IBD. People who live with IBD don't often hear directly from the scientific community about all the work that's being done behind the scenes. So it is a real privilege to bring his voice and his work to you. Links to a written transcript, everyone's social media handles, and more information on the topics we discussed is in the show notes and on my episode 121 page on aboutibd.com. This episode was filled with a lot of information, and the links and resources I provide there will help you sort through it all. You can follow me, Amber Tresca, across all social media as About IBD. Thanks for listening. And remember, until next time, I want you to know more about IBD. About IBD is a production of Malintel Enterprises. It is written, produced, and directed by me, Amber Tresco. Mix and sound design is by Mac Cooney. Theme music is from Cooney Studio. Music